welcome into another edition of How She Did It. And no, I am not Amanda Smith. That is not my voice. My name is Megan Triplett, but this is still Amanda Smith's show. But this time we are turning the tables around. I was a guest, very blessed to be a guest on her show a few months ago. And I presented to her a task to say, hey, when is it gonna be your turn? Amanda, it's your turn. Are you ready? <laughs> I guess, right? We're doing it. So here we are. <laughs> if you remember when I was on your show, I said I was nervous. I'm like, oh, it's going to be just fine. Just be yourself. How do you feel right now? I'm, I always say I get a little nervous as the interviewee. I don't know why. Much more comfortable asking the questions. Um, mm. But I'm so excited. Yes, Megan challenged me to kind of share some of, of my story and and stuff about myself. So I reached out to her. I said, hey, you want to help me with this project? And I'm so excited she said yes. <laughs> well, I mean, if I'm super happy that you asked me to do it because you didn't have to. And, you know, I follow you on Twitter and on Instagram. So I do think that there's a lot of parts of your life that we need to know more about. And so let's just start at the beginning. So how she did it, what we're talking on right now. Take me back to the beginning of time when <laughs> You became such an avid lover of sports and what you thought your career or what you wanted out of life. Yeah. So I feel like growing up, I don't remember not being around basketball. Like basketball has just always been there for me. And growing up, I always imagined I was going to go away to college, play division one basketball. That was my dream. That's what I had worked for. Those were my goals. I was in the gym, at school, in the gym, at school. And then when I got to high school, I ended up having four knee surgeries in four years of high school. So I tore my ACL my freshman year, I did my meniscus, and then I had two more ACL tears. I'm like trying to re remember everything. Well, when you've had so many, I mean, right. <laughs> you count. So it ended up um, kind of changing what I thought what I was going to be doing just because like for me, my body, I could just tell wasn't the same. And I had taken newspaper. I was our sports editor at my high school newspaper. And I, I actually, it's kind of funny. Um, I used to get really, really nervous, like public speaking. I don't necessarily think like broadcast is public speaking. Cause normally there's not like 200 people around you. <laughs> um, but I, remember like my teacher in this class recommending I do like a broadcasting segment um, portion of, of something she was teaching to kind of help me like build my confidence and and be able to speak in front of people and my my school didn't have a tv station but I was like really drawn to it just like storytelling and like speaking and talking to people um because because I love to talk to people and mm -hmm. So when I went to college, you know, I started looking at colleges more for what I was interested in. I'd always loved journalism and I, I ended up going to Ball State and David Letterman is um, an alum from there. And so when I was coming into school, he had just donated a, a lot of money to the school to um, kind of like revamp their media outlets and stuff. So it was just the timing was so odd, like looking back on, but I don't, I don't know why I was like, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I just, I knew I wanted to find a way to still be around sports. And for a while, I didn't know what that was going to look like. 
but I can't imagine like doing anything different now. Do you have a moment in time, especially while, you know, you were at Ball State that, you know, you, as you mentioned, you knew that there was, it was going to be somewhere in the sports lane, but at what moment did you think broadcasting could have been your option? Because there's several options that you can do in sports, whether it's PR and writing, what brought you to that path? I think just sticking with it. Um, I started in college um, as a videographer for football. So I would go and shoot highlights for our university news station at all the Ball State football games. And I actually remember my freshman year of college, you know, someone that was just like, why do you think you could do broadcast? That career is never going to work out for you. It's too hard. Like I remember it so specifically. And when you're like 18, trying to figure out what you want to do with your life and someone's like, no, that's not going to happen. I remember calling my mom and saying like, hey, I think I'm going to change my major. And she was like, to what? And I was like, maybe like event planning, you know, just trying to find something something like that I was interested in. And she was like, okay, that's fine. But are you doing it for you? Or since when, you know, because I kind of explained to her the story and she's like, but since when do you just listen to what other people say that you can and can't do? Like, if you, if you want to do that, that's awesome. But don't let other people navigate the path of your life. If it wasn't for, for like that conversation with my mom, I mean, my whole life could be different, you know, but I think it, it, it just, <laughs> but I, I think that just comes to with like, as you get older, you have more confidence in, in yourself and, and trusting your instincts but yeah, I, I just was like, all right, I'm all in on this. I knew I wanted to work in sports. I had never, I didn't have any TV experience, but I just, I worked really, really hard in school. And now I'm like, I don't, what is life? You know, most days I'm like, what is happening? I think a lot of people can um, relate to having that one person and, you know, and it could be like an, an average person that you don't even know their first and last name. Someone that just comes up to you and gives you unwanted advice, but you like let it stick with you mm-hmm. and you potentially let it, you know, guide your thoughts and say, well, maybe, maybe that person's right. I kind of want to ask you what that person's name is, but I guess <laughs> we won't call them out. You know, I do believe in being nice to people. People can change. That was years ago. But uh, when you think about just that, the idea that someone could direct your path and your thoughts, and because I'm sure that people who, who have listened to your podcast, I know everyone has a story. What's your advice to them now? Because for the college students who are trying to figure this out, you know, what's the advice that, you know, that you would give them? Don't be so hard on yourself. And also, I think that as I've gotten older, and I mean, I still feel like I have so much to learn in this business, right? But as I've kind of tried to navigate my way through it, I think that I always come back to like, being so secure in who I am at my core. I think in college, when there's a camera in your face and like, for me, I had never done anything like that before. Right. So I'm like, what are people going to think of me? What, you know, someone was like, your voice is too high to be in TV. So I'm like trying to figure out a way to lower my voice, all these different things that, that I had never thought about before. All of a sudden I became insecure about you know? Yeah. Um, (laughs) And so, but as time has gone on, you know, these, 
these little areas where I'm like, what are people going to think? Or, or are they going to like that? Or are they not going to like that? I, at the end of the day, like some days are better than others on the call, you know, right. But there are two things that I know I'm always in complete control of. That's my preparation that I have going into a game and the way I react to the unexpected events that happen, microphones going out, having to randomly change a headset, all these uh, like little things that you're like, oh my gosh, what? And you just learn to roll with it. And I, I really think that me now is probably the most secure version of myself that I have been because I, I think I've done like a lot of work on myself to figure out, you know, what's most important to me and, and my values. And that makes decisions easier. Oh, that's amazing. And we're going to get back to that. I want to get back to that when you talk about the worries you've done yourself, but <laughs> you said a word about unexpected events happening in your life. So you went from Ball State, which is in Indiana, and right <laughs> now you sit in Utah. And so tell me about the transition, because I'm sure whether that was planned or not, it doesn't seem as if that was like a place that you probably circled from Indiana. I'm going to go to Utah. That is the place where I'm going to be, I'm going to call home for the next couple of years. Yeah. So after college, I was like, okay, cool. Like who wants to hire me? <laughs> it's like radio silence. I feel like it was application after application, reaching out to this person, to this person. And it's, you know, you hear, you need more experience. You need more experience. And it's like, okay, well, how am I going to get experience if I can't get a job? So I moved back home. I'm from Illinois. I moved back home for a whole year, started working at a restaurant full-time was traveling around the country with one of my friends covering local high school basketball games in Illinois, Indiana. We went to Kentucky. We did some coverage for a, like an online media outlet for the NCAA men's tournament that was in Michigan, you know, just trying to drive, trying to drive around and, and make a real and stay, um, stay sharp. Uh, and it was like a, a huge reality check into what was this little bubble that I felt like in college I was living in where there were endless opportunities, you know, of soccer, baseball, basketball, football, what sport do you want to go cover today? You can go do that. Now I was like having to find sports and be like, Hey, can I come cover that for you? And I, I made a reel. Um, and that was part of the timing when I actually started what was then a YouTube show called the Amanda Smith show, because like I was telling Megan, when you don't know what to name something, you just name it after yourself. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was like trying to do a play on the Amanda show, but you know, it was the Amanda Smith show anyways. Oh, I didn't catch that. Okay. You got so like Nickelodeon days. Yeah. 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 I, gotcha. yeah. <laughs> I used to like pull her being like, Maha! and like all yeah. those little <laughs> I know what you're talking about especially when I just watched uh, the NFL on Nickelodeon so oh, yeah. all that nostalgia was all there all there for me you got me <laughs> but I um I have to give a shout out to my mentor who's become a great friend of mine Kristen Ludlow I um reached out to her like I, I had a friend send me a tweet that she was doing these broadcast, you know, classes and would review your reel and you guys could kind of uh, dive into, you know, what you need to work on, where you want to be, all these different things. 
I could have never imagined like that she would want to be my friend, (laughs) but she really helped me take this idea that was in my head and, and like, give me so much encouragement and support into actually doing it because I, I didn't have any consistent opportunities at the time, like media wise. So I wanted to stay sharp. I wanted to practice my interviewing, but I didn't just want to do something without a purpose behind it. So I was thinking, what is important to me? What do I want to, you know, speak on? And, and I really think that celebrating, you know, other people and specifically women in sports is something that I'm so passionate about. So the show was born. I applied for a broadcast assistant job to like keep stats, do some producing um, with the Utah Jazz broadcast crew, got an email back and I was like opened it and just thought like, you know, at that point it was like rejection after rejection. So you start kind of like noticing like the first same lines. (laughs) Like reading like, uh, yeah. right. like hmm, I feel like I know where this is going. I was wrong. Good thing I kept reading. Um, I got an interview, literally moved from Illinois to Utah in two weeks. I borrowed a thousand dollars from my best friend. I didn't have like any money to come here. I had $63, I think moved here with my two cats. And it was like, great. I'm in Utah now. <laughs> You've been working ever since. Yeah. You know, it was kind of just, I knew that I needed an opportunity to how, like they say, like, get your foot in the door, really get like some legitimate experience in a professional market. Um, because my passion is working around basketball and through that one decision, all of these other, you know, opportunities have just kind of like found me, I guess, while I've been here. Um, so, so it's kept me here. Well, you know, I, I feel like you saying that it's kept you here from what I, from what I know about you and what you told, you shared with me is that you have had so many opportunities. Not only do you do radio for the Utah women's basketball team, but you get, but, but since you are in Utah, you've done some work with the PAC 12 network. And so um, it's a reminder that as your journey can like be circling around and you don't know where it's going to lead you. Like it'll guide you straight back to where you're supposed to be. And you might not know why you're, you're, why you're in Salt Lake City, Utah, but it all makes sense when you start making those connections and network. And so when you have a birth of how she did it and all the various jobs that you have, because we're getting there, like, and I'm going to throw this idea out here because I know this is live. And so um, throwing out the idea, this might need to be a part two series. I mean, we might even have two separate things. We're not going to, we're not holding back, Amanda. I told Amanda started this that we're giving it all and I know you have your time restrictions but I'm a talker you're a talker we're gonna do it so you yeah. might need to do a part two so just just throw that out there just you know you, you let me know when you want me to stop and we can I know it. I'm like anything to like hang out virtually with Megan <laughs> do you just like you know, I just want to know more about your story so now that you're in Utah you have various jobs which I feel like this is a great hard to talk about the various jobs that you do have because you not only do the podcast you not only just do sports but on your instagram you opened up in a way and posted a picture of saying like everyone knows amanda the broadcaster amanda the you know the podcast host but it's also amanda the server there's so many different things so please tell us how many jobs do you have okay so podcast host Mm -hmm. radio analyst tv analyst 
broadcast assistant server. So five. I also signed up to do Instacart. So I guess six. <laughs> oh my goodness. You know, but like, this is the thing is I wanted to share that um, because I feel like, you know, oftentimes when I talk to other people who work in the media business, who are in like a similar place um, to where, where I am, which is still trying to kind of find like that full-time work and get those consistent opportunities, right? Mm -hmm. You have to find a way to keep the lights on. Um, so you're doing something else so that you can do what you want to do and eventually, you know, be able to do that full time. Um, but it comes back to the experience, right? You can't get experience unless you have those jobs. For me, working as a server right now um, allows me the flexibility to say like, I mean, I'm so grateful to the restaurant I work at because the manager works so closely with me and my schedule which is crazy, <laughs> you know? I don't know another job currently that would work with the scheduling that's ever changing, especially now, right? Where there's cancellations, postponements. So it's ever changing. And that job is what I am doing to allow me to like keep diving into these opportunities that that arise because you know I can't I can't afford to just you know sit around and fingers crossed that something comes up like no I'm working in the meantime so I can still live here right because we just talked about that I'm not from here um and and hopefully that more and more um games will come my way yeah <laughs> I finger yes all the prayers and I, and I know it definitely will and I think um, what I read on that post too is that you also said what people don't know with, with all the various jobs and with the radio that you do as well, you don't get paid mm -hmm. to do the radio games. And, you know, I love seeing you in the booth and, you know, they're calling the games, but um, what was it about that that you wanted like, and why you wanted to share that, especially now? And I think, I think, I mean, you kind of mentioned it, like the year that we've gone through has been very, very difficult for several people, for several families, for several different industries, but you didn't have to put it, put that out there because on, on Instagram, which, you know, we all love Instagram is the highlight reel, but a lot of people don't share those parts of your life. Victoria Garrick. Um, she is someone who is on my podcast as well. She is a mental health advocate and I've always been so drawn to her Instagram page because of how real it is. You know, she posts these uh, in just really, really honest messages. And her and I were kind of talking after our episode and we were talking about broadcast and, and these things. And I was sharing some of this with her mm -hmm. and she was like, oh my gosh, like, I didn't know any of that. And I think that people could really relate to that. And also people who are maybe in college that want to get into the business and all of a sudden think that they're a failure because they don't just have these opportunities right away. A lot goes into the behind the scenes of what makes those Instagram highlight parts happen. Mm -hmm. Right. So I, I heard that and I just wanted to, and I want to, um, share more and be more real about like, I'm not embarrassed about the things that I'm doing now 
so that I can do these other things, right? Like I don't, I don't get paid to do the university of Utah women's basketball games. I want to practice my calls more on radio. I think that radio just gives you this timing to just like chat and really find your voice because you have two hours and no, no visual. So like your descriptions, all these different things, that's important to me. So if I'm not getting paid to do that, that money has to come from elsewhere. But I wanted to share it because I, I hear all these stories from, from women who have been on my show, who have worked other jobs, who have done these different things. And then it's like, oh, okay, I'm not the only one, you know? And I, I just hope that maybe if there's someone who, who sees, you know, my stuff and is like, I can really relate to that. I'm doing this so I can do that because I want to do this. Then like that, that's my greatest hope is to, to just let people know, like, there's no shame in being a human and, and just trying to figure out your way. And I think for, for a long time, I was playing into like the highlight reel part of it. I'm like, look at it, look at this, look at this. Um, but no, it, the, the days are not always glamorous, glamorous. Um, they, I feel like I feel so grateful every time I do a game because I know that, that I've worked really, really hard to get to that point, if that makes any sense. No, it does. You're, you're, you're sharing people. I mean, I know this is your first time you are allowing to the tables a turn, but you're also sharing on your Instagram, like, Hey, here's how I'm doing it. You know, yeah. I, I might be telling you on my podcast, I have a host, but I'm going to tell you, and now you're even diving more deeper into telling us how you're doing it. And <laughs> So I hope you know that you have support of so many different people and with all those various jobs and going through that, what keeps you going? Like that was, you know, even when, when I saw your post and even hearing you right now, it's like, man, you know, I think in the, in the times that we're living in, because the world is a really just a crazy place right now. It's like, what has allowed you to kind of keep going, especially not just in general, but especially in this, this past year. I think that there have been these moments in my life where I'm like, okay, I accept where I'm at. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, but why am I not farther? Oh, I'm so grateful for where I'm at. But like, why yeah. haven't I done more? This is really like, I can sit here confidently and say like, this is the first time in my life where I'm not trying to rush the process and the plan that God has in store for me. All of my trust is in the fact that I believe wholeheartedly that where I am meant to be, I will get there. I don't know the timing of it. I only know what I can do. And then like my, my family, my friends, I just like, I wouldn't be able to, I don't know, just like without them, everything would be so much more difficult. Cause I think on your, on your best days, those people are there to cheer for you and support you. And then on your worst days, they're also there to cheer and support you. And that's the part that I think means more to me than like anything else. It's like, it's easy to clap for someone when all the success, quote unquote success is coming their way. But, but who are the people in your corner when you feel unseen? Those are the people that keep me going. You, you say the people in your corner. And I think, um, I'm sure like every everyone can relate, especially in this industry, you have the people who are there for you. But then you also have some people who are not there for you, who, mm-hmm. you know, and you go through life and you realize that you might realize it later on in life, mm-hmm. 
start to kind of like figure out like everyone's kind of true, true feelings and true meaning for a placement in your life. How have you kind of maneuvered around that? Because this industry is very, very hard. And it's also very hard to find authentic people like yourself. How has that kind of structured you into being who you are and then who you have in your corner? Yeah. Well, thanks for saying that. Um, because that's like the one thing that has always been super, super important to me. It's like, I never want to change who I am to like fit what I think a job or the people watching or listening want me to be, you know, I, I don't want to change who I am at my core. I, I, I don't know why I'm like this, but I, I will say that what I think like this platform, like even this podcast, right, has given me is all of these friends that I've never even met in person, mostly like Megan, for example, that's my girl now. And we've never even gotten to meet in person. Um, so you just start to, I think, like find a community. And then it's like, yeah, you cheer for those people constantly. And I, I think that there are people in, in moments in life when you say like this relationship isn't forcing me to grow anymore or I've outgrown this relationship. Um, and that's okay too. It's okay to selfishly sometimes do what is best for you because you know inside, you know, the relationships that give you that sense of like flourishment and then the ones that you just feel like maybe people are only talking to you at a certain time or maybe it's always like, give, 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 you know, like the genuine relationships are the ones that I have just held on to so tightly. I will say it is very beautiful when you have, when you find that community, I yeah. think, especially um, for those who are just graduating college, they're looking for that. And it's a very, very, sometimes it can be a dark place, but you know, you can find it. And I think when I first moved here, I didn't know anybody. And I mean, I was just constantly working. I love to work, but it was like, do you need to be working on this specifically at this time? Or could you hang out with a friend? Like I, I was like, I, I can't, I'm busy. I have to work. And then it was like, no, if I, if I slow down and like, maybe some days I don't look at my phone, like I'm a better person a better worker. I have more energy because I've taken care of me. Mm -hmm. and then let, let, let's go there. Then I know we're, we're running out of time, but <laughs> I like could like talk forever, <laughs> but I do want to like get there because you talked about self-care and just kind of like what this year has meant for, for you. And you said that like sitting here, you feel as if you are your most authentic self and you, you yeah. feel comfortable in your voice, what has led you to that? And then especially because like, that's the hard part. It's a hard part to say. It's also a hard part to say like, I, I'm comfortable, mm -hmm. but then also sharing it and like putting it out there and saying, no, this is Amanda Smith. Here's my life. Here's who I am. And I'm okay being this Amanda Smith. Yeah. A lot of therapy. Like, to be honest, I think that therapy is the best thing that I ever did because um, 
on my social media, I often talk about the fact that I am an eating disorder survivor. And I think that going to therapy and, and talking about these different parts of my life that make me who I am forced me to look at some areas of myself that still needed work, that still do need work and say, this is uncomfortable, but this is the only way to move closer to healing, to living, mm-hmm. to just being me. And when I got to Salt Lake, um, <laughs> it's funny because, you know, you think you can move away and move away from all your, all of your problems and, oh, great, new place, new start. And it was, but eventually if you don't deal with, you know, certain emotions or feelings, like they come back up. And, um, I just remember like after the new year. So I think like 2019, I moved here 2018, like, like late in the year, like January, 2019, I was like, I need to get it together because I don't think I can keep up like this pace of this lifestyle at the way I'm going. I'm not sleeping. I'm not eating. Why? And like, those were uncomfortable things to sit and dive into and talk to someone about, about why do I have trust issues? Why is my coping mechanism, you know, to, to self-harm? All of these different areas that, yeah, they're, they're really messy. But I think when you start looking around or that one of the first times that I shared like some of my story, the amount of messages I got that were like, hey, me too. Hey, I really felt that. Thank you for saying that. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh my gosh, I am by no means alone. And I, I just think that we still need to continually work to normalize this conversation around mental health. Like, yeah, I'm going to therapy because I want to be the best version of myself. And this is helping me to get there. And I've just gotten more comfortable. um, And I've learned so much that in my own time, I've just wanted to share little, little bits and pieces and and parts of my story um, to, to just hopefully let someone, if they're ever listening or, or see something to know, like, you're not alone. If we've never spoken, I will always be there for you. You can trust. I will never say who you are or anything, you know, like you have that support. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. I mean, um, I know you've, you've done it on your Instagram, but just to use it on this platform where more people can hear. And I agree with you that it needs to be, you know, more vocal and, you know, and, and, and normalized. I think, so, you know, it's kind of like, as you grow up, when, you know, a guest comes over, you, they always say, Oh, hide the mess, you know, close that door. And mm-hmm. in a way it's like, no, we've been hiding the mess for way too long. Like open up the door, like mm-hmm. let it all be seen. I think that's where we, we need to be in life. Cause I think that's the, where the country has been. We've been hiding messes and now look at, at, at where we are, you know, when it comes to just everything. So, I mean, yeah. I think you hearing that. Um, and now let's talk about the podcast because I mean, we have, goodness, I have so many questions more and more. <laughs> 
about you and like how she did it. Now tell me, should we make this a second part or do you want to keep it going? I feel like we should go part two. What do you think? Let's do it. Let, let's do that. I like that. So <laughs> this has been How She Did It with Amanda Smith with the special guest of Megan Triplett. But we've now got to see how Amanda Smith, how she did it, how she is, who, who her most authentic self. And she is going to continue to be her most authentic <laughs> self. The second part, we're going to get to how she did it, how she did it. So. <laughs> 